0: Welcome to Amateur Radio Roundtable. This show is about ham radio, amateur radio. So stick around and uh, maybe uh, you might get interested and become a ham if you're not already a ham. We've got a lot of shortwave listeners out there. If you're listening tonight on International Shortwave on 7490 kilohertz on WBCQ, we asked uh, that you send us an email. And just tell us where you are and how you're hearing the station tonight. We'd love to hear from you. Um, Let's see. uh, Oh, join our Facebook group. We need you to join our Facebook group. We've had a lot of activity going on in that group uh, the past uh, week with our uh, latest uh, uh, flight that's going around the world. Uh, We're getting close to the U.S. We're almost about to make lap one. We'll talk more about that later. But join our Facebook group. It's just called uh, W5KUB. Just uh, do a search for W5KUB and you'll find it and, and we'll, uh, uh, we'll approve you and you'll be in there. Also, I need everybody, if you will, please hit the subscribe button. I, for all you guys that maybe you're not listening, uh, I, I put up a visual there. Hit the subscribe button and uh, that helps us out a whole lot if you hit that little button down there uh, helps us to advertise the show to new people and YouTube will help spread the word about the show. Uh, something new we're doing, we, we, you know f- the show now has been going on for about seven or eight years now we did not really advertise uh, for people to subscribe and uh, um, we found out really it's kind of important to have uh, subscribers so We're starting to push the subscribe now. If you will, please subscribe to uh, our channel there. Hit the like button. Hey, and hit the notification button there because sometimes we may come on during the week with something special going on, and that will notify you if we do come on live. Alan is giving a um, presentation tonight at a ham club uh, up in New Jersey. I believe it's in New Jersey. And um, I I think someone may have asked about Katie. Katie is still recovering from some pretty good uh, shoulder surgery. And uh, she says that uh, she's on these funny drugs that make her look uh, act kind of crazy. So I don't think she wants to get on here uh, drugged up. So she says she's going to be back with us as soon as she gets to feeling better. So Katie will be back with us. You guys may be wondering what's going on with uh, with Raisha. You know, we, we added Raisha to our, our show. And she's been with us regularly here. But everybody knows the situation in Russia right now. Um, so we've kind of separated for now uh, until things change. And, uh, in fact, uh, she was a little worried uh to even continue with her own uh, YouTube channel and her Facebook group. Uh, You may or may not know, last week the Russian parliament passed 400 to 1 that basically, if you say anything against what the government is doing, uh, you can be in prison for 15 years. Now, I don't know who that one person was out of 401, but... He may not be voting anymore. I don't know. I, I you know I I, I don't understand it. So anyway, so we, we felt it's best. I think she feels it's best that there's no discussions or anything because hey, one slip of the tongue, uh, you could be, you could you know be in really big trouble. So that's where we stand on that. Well, let's uh, let's go out to our remotes tonight and let's see who we got out here. I know we've got uh, Rich with us and we've got. Uh, we've got glenn with us i think rich is up there first how you doing rich yeah
1: turn on my mic first yeah um i'm doing great and uh we're uh having a typical early march weather here in new jersey it was uh, 70 degrees sunday and monday and uh mid 40s today and it's supposed to snow tomorrow morning so uh welcome to march
0: well <laughs> I tell you, and Glenn, you and I can talk about this a little later, but, you know, we've had 70 weather here this past week, but they're telling us, man, we're going to have a winter storm come in Friday night again, winter storm with snow. Come on in here uh, Come on in here and join us, uh, Glenn.
2: Yeah, I had to run across the other side of the room for a second because when you mentioned new hams, um, the folks that uh, make the phase dock, which is this deal right here, It's uh, a prototyping system where you can just kind of snap and just add the pieces as you need them and put them in whatever location you want so you can build your little prototype system up. Well, the uh, owner of that company went to Orlando and demonstrated this, did a forum or two, and uh, he is now studying to get his license, and I believe he's going to take his test at Raleigh uh, this weekend.
1: Well, that's great.
0: Yeah.
2: But uh, he's going to be at uh, Dayton with this as well. Now, the stuff on it is mine, but uh, it's just a prototyping platform, and it's really cool to work with. It's become my number one uh, prototyping setup.
1: Looking at it reminds me of something that uh, is in a a story that's going to be in an upcoming issue of CQ, probably April, Um, the night kit one hundred and one electronics oh, board God. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 70. I had the radio shack <laughs> version of that and that's what got me started yep so the the designer of that kit along with a bunch of other radios is uh, right has written this article about his uh, adventures at night kit it was a really cool article oh cool looking, looking forward, forward to, to it to yeah that.
0: I'm yeah. looking forward to that. Well, hey, uh, let's just jump right into it here. Rich, uh, let's, let's talk about CQ and what's coming up next month.
1: Alrighty. It's this month already. First of all, this month. Yeah, this month. Yeah. (laughs) It's March. I want to apologize to our digital edition readers. Uh, we are late with the digital edition for the first time and it's basically, uh, has nothing to do with our troubles on the print side. Um, we had some production issues that kind of just mushroomed and, and one built on top of the other. But the uh, issue is now at, finished at Zinio and uh, should be online by the end of this week, maybe even earlier. Uh, depends on how long it takes them to get it all ready to post. So, um, sorry about that. And uh, we we're going to do everything we can to make sure that never happens again. First time in over 10 years of doing the. DIGITAL EDITION, BUT uh, WE'VE RUN INTO THAT. BUT uh, HERE'S OUR COVER. We can TAKE YOU TO GRASS HUT HAMMING. YES, INDEED. Oh, is, yeah. HAM RADIO IS, AS WE ALL KNOW, AN INCREDIBLE INTERNATIONAL HOBBY. AND WE TRY TO REPRESENT THAT IN CQ. AND THIS ISSUE IS REALLY HIGHLIGHTING THAT. Uh, we, WE START OUT WITH What you saw on the cover there is a a vacation-style de-expedition to Kenya by a Swiss ham. And uh, then we have a Argentine ham living in Brazil, writing about soda summits on the air from the top of the Americas. Um, Interview with a ham who climbed Cerro Aconcagua in Argentina which is the highest peak in both the western and the southern hemispheres, and uh, put his summits on the air station on the air, made a bunch of contacts, and uh, made it back down again. Uh, We've also got uh, a report on how HAMS in Brazil helped out following floods and landslides in our emergency communications column. And, of course, for our shortwave listeners out there, we have our monthly listening post column. And there, Jerry Dexter tells us uh, about the on-again, off-again, off-again story at All India Radio, which is now reported to be closing two of its transmitter sites. We've had, uh, as he points out, is one month I bemoan the pending loss of two or more of their outlets. The next I hear everything's just hunky-dory this month, it's back into the doom and gloom. So uh, always good to read what Jerry's got. And of course, shortwave listening takes us all over the world. Our awards editor this month takes us to Israel for the Holy Land Award program. And we've got hams from all over the world, operating in the CQ Worldwide RIDI DX contest, Radio Teletype. And we have the results of the 2021 running in uh, this issue so we was they're just covering the world this month with uh, stuff from everywhere and it's really great and showcasing the worldwide nature of our hobby um we also got three reviews we have uh stay, staying international zs1ml in south africa wrote our first review on the chameleon antenna cha mpas2 system a really cool thing that it's it's very versatile you can arrange it in, into any number of, of different um setups whether it's you know it's a um wire antenna system that you can set up in all sorts of different configurations and uh, you can do it as an inverted b you can do it as an inverted l it got uh, has a bunch of uh you know the uh shock corded poles that you can put together in different ways and then run wires in different directions. A uh, very, very cool antenna system. Very versatile, especially for portable work, but it's uh, also useful for fixed station, if that's your preference. Um, our second and third reviews are in uh, Gordo's short circuits column by WB6NOA, Gordon West, He reviews the LDG Z100A automatic antenna tuner and Heil Sound's parametric receive audio system equalizer. Um, And he put both of them to test in one more remote location at Quartzite in Arizona. So continue bouncing around the world here. We've also got, speaking of radios, an obituary for the big knob by K1KP. fascinating history of the birth of radio receivers and transceivers and the big knob for your tuning dial which often nowadays as he points out isn't there anymore it's a really really cool story oh, wow taking us back in time as well we have for our cq classic this month the either debut or return depending on how you want to look at it of scratchy uh this is a, a column that many of our older readers will remember from uh well from 1947 through 1991 um hasha scratchy was a regular in cq just skewering uh all sorts of foibles and bad on-air habits and all sorts of stuff it's uh, a wonderful legacy of cq but it is return even though this is his first column in cq because he had appeared previously in radio magazine which uh was cq's predecessor back in the early part of the 1940s and uh, the 30s i think he started out in r9 magazine which also was a, a predecessor of cq um moving into a little more serious stuff in our learning curve column this month uh ko0z talks about storm spotting and the fact that uh, we need to keep our eyes to the sky any time of the year and of course spring is uh, prime time for things like tornadoes and stuff like that we've got a couple of columns dedicated to building things in our uh ham notebook column h6wz writes about what's on his workbench and the different projects he's working on and kit building editor joe eisenberg k0neb as a column titled things that really suck solder that is um about different desoldering tools mm-hmm. and uh, in fact i i reference that in my editorial which is titled when things don't work um and uh, about troubleshooting and stuff like that and i've, I've got to get my hands on a few more of the tools that joe writes about um in our contesting column uh 3 qe offers some contest strategies for the WPX contest. We have the uh, single sideband weekend coming up at the end of this month, CW weekend in uh, late May. So he's got some strategies for maximizing your score if you want to get in and have fun in those contests. In our DX column, we do a profile of the Southwest Ohio DX Association. And this uh, club is the sponsor of the DX Dinner at Dayton every year and uh, also has been kind enough over the last many years to provide a forum for us to make our cq dx hall of fame inductions each year so it's nice to give them a little profile and talk about their history and the things that they do on the bands we're not only cover the world but we cover the spectrum from uh, low frequencies to vhf In our mflf column we've got some early season notable DX in 630 and 2,200 meters. Um, In our ham radio explorer column, KZT writes about HF activities for technician class licensees. Um, And uh, speaking of HF, our propagation column is about the magic of shortwave. And uh, finally, in our VHF plus column, we have uh, key propagation types for six meters. You know, we're just approaching spring now, which is kind of a lull for six-meter activity, except you might be getting some good tropo. But we start ramping up sporadic E as we move toward the summertime. But he's got uh, a variety of, of different propagation modes that uh, can be very helpful in working long distances on six meters. It is called the magic band for a reason. That's for sure. So that's. us uh, a little bit of, of what's coming up uh, now in the March issue. And uh, we, again, should be uh, online for our digital subscribers by the end of this week. And uh, we sure hope that we're going to be able to get the uh, print issues moving again very soon. <clears throat> this will be out in print as well. And uh, that's where we're at.
0: All right. Well, hey, you know, um adjust the screen a little here. I was, uh, you were talking about the magic of shortwave. You know, it uh, seemed like shortwave is coming back, especially with what's going on over in Europe now. Uh, that's one of the ways that the BBC and others are trying to get right. word into the country by shortwave. And, you know, I mean, it still has a great use today.
1: Yep. Yeah, The BBC restored its European service, which it had ended uh, about 15 years ago, I think. And uh, they've restored their European service so they could reach people in, in Ukraine and parts of Russia that uh, don't have access to the Internet to be listening to streaming. So that's uh, – I'm glad they, they remembered that uh, shortwave is still out there and that radio still works. And yeah can't really be regulated uh, at borders. Well,
0: you know, I guess uh, the only way to really stop it is jamming, but that doesn't always uh, work. And uh, it, it is – even though it's old, old, old technology, man, it is, it's, hopefully it uh, it's there to do a good job. So, I need to try to tune in and listen to some of that. I, it'd be interesting to see what the BBC, you know, is is uh, sending to those people. Yeah. You know, it, it appears that... I think that,
1: most of their, yeah. uh, brought, I think almost everything that they're doing is in English. So, uh, if you yeah. do tune it in, you you'll be able to understand it.
0: Yeah, well, you know, the Russian people. Even if that shortwave didn't work, the Russian people have to figure something is going really badly wrong. I would think because with uh, with uh, you know they've cut off Facebook. Can you imagine what would happen if we cut off Facebook in the United States? I mean, people would go crazy. Man, they would uh, they would go crazy. Uh, they they couldn't take it. You know, they they live with it. Yep. And, and
2: uh, I'd, I'd get more stuff done. <clears throat>
0: Turn it off. <laughs> but you know they—they've the got man. to be—they've got to be thinking something bad is wrong here. We don't have Twitter. We don't have Facebook. Uh, I, I don't even think they can go to an ATM hardly anymore. You know, Mastercard, Visa, everybody's pulled out. Yeah. I think the the ruble's gone from. From 100 down to to one I think I heard that I don't know it's something like that you know just, you know they, it's um, it's man it's got to be bad for them but uh, of course the uh the the government is cracking down on them on uh, just what they're supposed to hear and of course they can't talk bad about it or say anything uh, against it there but uh I think the word's going to get to them I think most of the people are going to get to it, and what I what I heard to, to uh, someone, one of the Russian people say today, uh, that was interviewed, was, you know, people in the big cities, Moscow, Saint Petersburg, places like that, um, they have had access to the internet, and they kind of know what's going on. But you got so many people in Russia that are out in the, out in the boondocks, I guess that don't have internet. They, they don't know. You know, they might get one local TV station. I don't know. They don't really know what's going on. So it's going to take a while, I think, for everybody to, uh, to um, get the word out and understand what's going on there.
1: For people who are interested in, in trying to tune in those BBC broadcasts, I've got the frequencies here. Yeah, let's uh, have five, them. Five, 5875 and 15735. Okay. Um, and it's uh, four hours each day on each of those frequencies, I think. And uh, it's BBC World Service News in English. So, uh, well,
0: I'm definitely going to take a listen to that The
1: 15735 frequency should be uh, able to be picked up uh, here in North America pretty well. I don't know about yep. the yeah. 5800.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, very good. Well,
1: hey, Rich, thanks so much
0: for telling us about all those things, what's going on. And, hey, let me say this about the big knob. Most of the things I've got still has the big knob on it. I mean, (laughs) they're getting complicated, and they're getting computerized. They're getting computerized, and all those knobs are going away, but they all still had the one big knob. And, you know, Riley Hollingsworth that's on with us, Uh, in fact, Riley is asked me the other day you know when can i come back on i said anytime but i think he's so busy he's hard to catch but you know riley gives a talk well, he's got a he's got a presentation where he talks about the big knob and i think it's you know if you hear someone there you don't like man turn the big knob you know go to mm-hmm. go to another frequency uh, but uh i've got a few i short- remember when yeah. when i was
1: a kid and first got into ham radio we my friends and I would go down to Harrison Radio in New York City once a year, um, and uh, we, we would judge the price of a radio by the number of knobs it had
0: and oh, the yeah? number of dials. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: more, more knobs and dials, the less we could afford it.
0: Well, I've, I've got some little shortwave receivers, Garmin, and, and different ones, and I think it's Garmin and uh the, maybe the big knob's not there you know you got the push button and you go up and down and whatever and i hate that man i hate it oh man no,
2: but no, uh, no. gotta have the knob and it's gotta be one of the later model ones now i mean i grew up with the, the knobs but the the, the balanced knobs that you spin and it just keeps spinning with the flywheel yeah it got back. that
0: flywheel on it you just yeah, yeah. you no, give it a big old uh spin like that yeah in fact, I do that on my uh, ICOM stuff here today. They got a nice heavy flywheel in there man, and I could spin that sucker, but I'm wondering, you know, is it going to tear up? Should I be? Should I really be doing this? Man. Okay. At least you
1: don't have dial cords behind it anymore. Yeah. Gosh. And, you know, yeah.
0: you know I, I I grew up in the 60s, and I, people have heard me tell the story. My uncle was the TV repairman for about two counties, and, uh, Used to work. I used to help them a lot. Used to work on the old, old uh, radios, tube radios and stuff. And I know what you're talking about about the dial cord. Got the dial cord and it had a little spring right there on the on the wheel, and you had to put that dial cord on just right, man, or it wouldn't it wouldn't tune right.
2: Yep. And if you had to change the <coughs> dial cord, you will never play the piano again.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, that and the IBM Selectric shift and rotate tapes that'll that'll send you into the funny farm real quick
0: all right well again hey uh, rich thank you uh, so much for being with us man we'll see you uh, again soon we'll see you next month
1: yeah it'll be just a uh, couple weeks till uh, the end of this month what are we, yeah, the 29th yeah. i think uh,
0: or, or come on anytime and just join us man for just some some ham radio fun all right,
1: all right. <clears throat> very good
0: all right, Enjoy well, hey, we had, uh, we had Bill join us uh, a few minutes ago. How you doing, Bill? You there, Bill? Bill, he's there. It's kind of dark. He must not be listening.
1: His mic is muted and his camera's up. Yeah, that means he went to get a snack.
0: He's usually in the dark most of the time anyway, so... Uh, okay, well, Bill will be back with us here in a few minutes.
1: <laughs> hey, I
2: like being kept in the dark sometimes. <clears throat> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah all right well very good all right i'll tell you what while we're waiting on bill to come back let's let's, let's do this real quick man. we'll be right back didn't get everything time to spice up your ham shack with icom's new id52a handheld this radio is perfect for staying in or venturing out the id52a is now shipping icom's newest handheld amateur radio is a vhf uhf dual bander with d star and fm dual mode functions This radio supports conventional FM communications and D-STAR simplex and worldwide calls over the D-STAR Internet Gateway. The ID-52A is the first handheld amateur radio with a full-color 2.3-inch waterfall display and the ability to send photos over D-STAR with a connected Android phone. Features include a wideband receiver with guaranteed range of 144-148 and 440-450 MHz. It has an integrated GPS receiver including grid square location. It also has a micro USB for data transfer, programming and charging, and it's IPX7 waterproof. Visit www.icomamerica.com/amateur for more information on Icom radios.
1: LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need from QRP to QRO, fixed stations, portable and remote An LDG tuner will match your radio to your antenna using our lightning-fast proprietary tuning algorithms. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing innovative, quality products to the amateur market. All LDG products carry a full two-year warranty that is fully transferable. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com.
0: Hey, let's see if uh, let's see if Bill's back. Bill, are you there? You're in the dark, Bill.
2: In the dark and muted. I saw he, uh, him. He was on the phone. And oh, was he? Computer. He's
0: probably he's probably busy. We'll pick him up there in just a few minutes here. Well, Glenn, tell us what have you got going. Well, first of all, let's talk about the most important thing, Glenn.
2: What's that?
0: We've got a winter storm coming in here Friday night. <laughs> Oh, yeah, <laughs> Man, you know, it's been in the 70s here 70 degrees I thought we're doing pretty good You know, I I, I was kind of cold in the house I'd walk outside to get warm But man, now A winter storm, Friday night
2: Just This weekend I was out mowing the lawn And getting everything ready Cleaned up from the last ice storm You know, got all the debris out And fortunately Most of the pine trees fell on my neighbor's yard which is fine because they're his trees, but I only had you know a couple limbs to clean up. But it was 80 degrees out there this weekend, and I had already taken all my coats and stuff you know out of the car. And this morning I had to go grab one to get back into the car because it's like 40 degrees. And then you know they said snow on Friday, in the 20s, and I'm like, wait a minute, you know, you know, pick one or the other, but not both in the same week.
0: Well, I tell you, I'm still counting on Ice Storm, man. I, I have my generator since I had the new big generator installed. Now, it's only been on four times, but it comes on at noon on Saturday just to test itself. So that's the only time the generator has run, four times on Saturday, man, and uh Neat I turned to s- off
2: my heater the other day. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not going to need this anymore. It's air conditioner. I actually had the air conditioner running Sunday night. Yeah, yeah. And and now the heater's running again, and I'm like, this is just absolutely insane.
0: All right. Well, okay. Now we can get over to the secondary stuff, man. What do you got going there? You, you, you got any book stuff going? You got any projects going? What's happening in your life?
2: Yes and yes. Um Uh, I have been going back and forth with ARRL uh, and their new editor, Bob Lee, and uh, Becky Schoenfeld, who's uh, their managing editor. She's replaced uh, Steve Ford because he retired. And uh, had a good talk with uh, Bob down in Orlando and met with uh, Dave Minster down there, and we had some good talks. And we came up with an idea for the next book. Uh, the target is to get it out around Christmas of this year, which is going to be a tight time frame. But you know, I live for deadlines, I guess. Um, we have settled on the next Arduino book is going to actually take the best projects from the first three books, and I'm going to update them and finish them out the way I talked about in the book these are going to be the gold-plated versions of the projects. so all of the popular projects are going to be updated and printed in this book so basically it's going to be called the best of Arduino for ham radio and we're going to throw in about four or five new projects as well
0: well Uh, maybe maybe if you use the best of that'll save you some work i mean there's a lot of stuff you can pull there and put in the other book right
2: yeah but i'm also talking about updating every project yeah you know because in the projects i always left something you know you know if if i was going to finish this out i'd have it do this this and this i I got that as an exercise for you you know the builder to 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 teach yourself with and so this time i'm going to finish these projects out way I would have finished them out and uh, I'm also going to be doing things like I'm working on finishing that MFJ beacon monitor. Uh, There's a single chip uh, sideband CW receiver that's out there and so I'm going to put one of those together and uh, do the code and stuff for that. So there's going to be five or six new projects and I don't have the exact number because I sent them to a and uh, just sent a list that said, you know, trim, cut, hack, whack, whatever you want to do with these. And I got the email back today that said, list is fine. Go for it. So we're talking probably 20 or 30 projects in that book. It's going to be, Oh man, it's, it's it <clears throat> is well, literally my favorite projects out of the whole thing.
0: Oh, uh, you're going to be busy again. I was hoping, yeah. I was hoping you would have a lot of free time because I was going to, um, I was going to tie you up on, some tracker projects.
2: Well, I actually do want to put a tracker in the book. Yeah. I want to make that one of the new book projects is to, to bring in the tracker and talk about the Pico Balloon aspect of it.
0: Well, I, I want to be able to deliver a letter over a certain country. So what I want you to do is, you know, we gotta get a little release, a little Arduino thing that will release like a little envelope. And we got to fix the code where, in this geofence, when it gets in this code, it's going to drop this letter. And we're going to be the first to have Pico mail delivery.
2: <laughs> but, um,
0: but I'm going to need your help. I'm going to need your help to not do that. It's
2: going to be an issue. The issue is going to be what the message material is going to be. Because if it's paper, it'll get ruined.
0: Why? You know, why will why it done. get ruined?
2: Well, the moisture and the cold and
0: the well, wind. I, well, there's really no moisture up there. And you're gonna
2: uh, want some lamination.
0: Yeah, right we have. We might could do that. We, we could we could laminate it, or maybe put it in some real one mil thick. Uh, you know, some real one mil thick stuff like this or something. You know. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So see what we can do. We can we can make a nice uh nice little letter up and. Now, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to hit pinpoint a city. I think it'll be easy for us. There are certain countries I think I can easily hit. If I don't hit them the first time around, I think I can get them the second time around. So we should. I think we can deliver. I think we can deliver a letter to a country. I really think we can, and nobody else has done it. And this show is known for doing first. You know, nobody else has done it. I want to be the first to deliver a letter by pico balloon
2: actually delivery system would be very simple yeah uh, you can use one of those micro servos that it's actually a uh, a, a spiral screw type thread you know so it's, yeah. it's a vertical servo not not the swing servo but it's the vertical server servo have that go through a little peg in a in a hole on laminated material that holds it in and then when you want to release it just screw it back out it drops. So you well, you to, know, you know what? I, what I've, got thinking thinking here, I've got you're an idea here, Glenn. I've
0: got an I've got an idea. No, I, so I didn't, didn't get the right thing. Drop. I didn't get the right thing yet. I've got my some of my balloon friends out in Oregon sent me something here this year, and I think we've talked about it. And uh, they sent me a little board that is is a timer board, and it's a little blasting cap that that hooks to it. And you got a little nylon, or not a nylon. You got a little uh, monofilament line, like fishing line. that goes through this blasting cap, and uh, at a certain altitude, it'll it'll blast and cut that, uh, that fishing line, and a little parachute will come down. So I'm thinking we could use we could use this little blasting cap that's set off by like you know five volts, whatever, and uh, we just won't keep, we, we just we'll keep it further away from the hydrogen. We'll just put it down about, you know, 20 feet below, and uh, we can use a little blasting cap. You can help me with the programming, and let's say, uh, you know, for a test. We, ne- we nearly always go over Japan. So, you know, as a test, we'll-, we'll make our first letter to Japan, and we can code that up, and when we get over Japan, we drop the letter.
2: Yeah, there's just one little problem with
0: this. No parachute now. Cause I got to keep weight no. down. No, no, but, no parachute. We just dropped the letter
2: over and over and over in my head. Yeah. Here we are, several hundred years from now. People are looking back and saying, "And that's how World War Three started."
0: Ah. Blasting know.
2: cap landed in this country and it exploded on the ground.
0: Well, it's and a small. It's a small little bitty blasting cap. That, you know. That's how I mean, World
2: War Three started.
0: Yeah, this little thing's about the size of a you know pencil eraser on a number but two pencil. You know that in the is, metal. It is
2: a concern though. what if that thing prematurely fails and lands in Georgia?
0: Oh, and it doesn't. It doesn't drop. Well, okay. Here's drop, what right? we do. Here's what we do. We 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 put some uh, uh, extra code in there where if it blow if it falls below a certain altitude, it it ignites. You know.
2: Yeah, but what if that fails? well what if you have a catastrophic battery failure
0: man you're just you're uh you're making it really really tough for us know, here you're
2: making but, it too hard if you do it with
0: no easy. it's got to be easy okay all right <laughs> all right so let's don't use the blasting cap i just thought that'd be simple you just send a little voltage to it and it yeah. burns the filament yeah. string in half and it drops litter. we won't use a blasting cap we'll use a what else you got? It's not a servo, but what do you got? Will open up. I mean, I, what do you got? What, what
3: I, uh, we got? I use nichrome wire. Tom. A what? I use yeah. nichrome wire. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. Uh, just uh, have your flight line going through two eye bolts to keep it tight, and tie knots on each end, and then wrap nichrome wire around the flight line, and there we the go. Command up above the parachute, burn through it, and knocks it up. And it burns right through the
0: line. There we go. That's there, there we go. Now, now I would expect Glenn to say, well, "What if that thing gets down on the ground, comes on, starts wow. a forest fire?"
2: It is what it is. You know. But see, now we lost Bill. He's.
0: Well, we li- yeah, we lost Bill. He, he, and and he, he didn't even pop in here when there. He, he's coming, back. Now he's he, coming he back. He
2: dropped his little gem on us and then ran
0: <laughs> Are you back, Bill?
2: <laughs> he's coming back. But yeah, yeah, the there, is. there is.
0: Yeah, uh, Bill. Uh, the only thing about that we've we've been discussing it what if that nitrone wire causes a fire down when it gets in some 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 dead grass? We we can't I have that. I
3: haven't had any issues with it. it it's it, it only lasts until the battery depletes, or you can put it on a timer that only uh, burns for ten seconds, and that's not going to cause a fire.
0: It yeah, we're we're gonna we'll be on solar. We'll, we'll we'll be on solar, and every day it might start a fire, man. Until somebody finds this thing, we're gonna. Have, but what, Bill? I don't. Did you hear our? You you heard our deal there? We want to be the first pico balloon mail delivery service. And
3: yeah, we, I have thought about that many get times. Get, and, a patent, um, get a patent. Get a patent on it. Drop yeah. off a business card. And, yeah. Uh, and wherever I want to drop it. Yeah. Yeah. You could do it. There are some servos that they, my friend uh, operates these, uh, these little tiny three-gram airplanes. It's got a radio control in it. It's got yep. a motor and a battery, and it weighs three grams, the whole airplane. And uh, it's indoor flying. And the servo on there weighs one gram.
0: Well, I need, so to, I need to do that. You use that
3: servo to release a catch pin and drop something off, and it's one gram. I don't know how much current it draws, but if you have super caps on it, that'd be enough probably to make it move enough to drop something.
0: Yeah, if it's that small, uh, hey, it, it can't use much uh, much power there.
3: And you could do multiple drops uh, when, the, when the Japanese sent those balloon bombs from the from uh, in World War II, they had bags of ballast that, uh, yeah, when it could drop below a certain altitude, it would
0: drop release, the ballast.
3: Uh, it would release a big bag of sand, so um, yeah. you could drop multiple uh, cards or little paper airplanes that are brightly colored and see if you get any response. Um, you know, drop them over the Ukraine and uh, North Korea and all kinds of places.
0: You know, you know, I know it's illegal to transmit over North Korea, but I don't guess it's illegal to drop a letter over North Korea, is it? I mean, <laughs> maybe the...
2: I tell you what, you do it and don't put my call sign anywhere near it.
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: and, and, and let us know. And in the meantime, we'll be putting ads out for a new host of the show all,
0: all, all right okay so hey glenn was there anything else there? you talking about your book was there anything else you wanted to talk about tonight
2: yeah uh, a couple things okay uh this weekend is the qso today uh online expo and of course i'm doing an arduino forum there uh, there's going to be some really good point i think they had they said there's like 60 something uh seminars that they're going to be available online and uh they're also recording, so you can play and catch any ones that you miss or had a time conflict with. And uh, it's only $10 to get a ticket to, to go there. Uh, and so you can. they're going to have a lot of the vendors there as well. And uh, let's see, one of the other things uh, that I'm working on is I've decided it's time to do a new style of Arduino forum. And uh, rather than do more of the introduction to the Arduino, uh which i'm still going to be doing but uh somebody suggested and i really like the idea of doing the anatomy of a arduino microcontroller project from the concept to what do i want to do how do i figure out what i even want to do so the creative process and then the design process the development process the prototyping process i'm going to break all of that down into a forum session and at the same time I'm going to break it out into segments that we can do here uh, you know spend one week on you know uh, the development process you know what, what how do you figure out what parts to use and uh, how do you troubleshoot how do you prototype so that's going to be intermixed with all of this next book material is I'm going to be putting together that as well.
3: And a very good thing that to have in that forum is, where do you get the parts in this day and age?
2: Yeah, believe it or not, I have not had any problems getting parts. Uh, I just ordered uh,
3: some about, new
2: lightning detectors, and they came right in.
3: How about the microcontrollers?
2: <clears throat> um, I'm still able to get the Uno, but they're about 6 bucks. Right. You know, now, if I wanted the chips, yeah. Wish me luck.
0: Well, you can still get, you can still get them from China. Uh, I don't know about the quality. I got I got a few in the other day that I had ordered. Uh, it might take eight weeks to get them, but they're out there. A little yeah, bit more I expensive a
3: piece from uh, from um, from China, but they're probably. Are they in the strips, uh, Tom, no, or are no. they just loose in a bag?
0: Well, uh, they're loose in a bag. So you won't That's be able. Probably, you can't use
3: them. They're they're probably leftovers from uh, an assembly house.
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, they sweep. Those are floor sweepings. But they're they're good. But they they're not good when you're doing a. Well, big maybe you can
0: get back. some of those uh, blanks, and you can fill it up. You know, like a like a cartridge, like a what, like you know, put put the loose chips in the uh, strip. You know, maybe you can. There you go. Maybe you can load them up. You know, if you have to you know hey i think things are gonna get worse guys. let me tell you it, it, things are gonna get worse um, if we don't think you're bad now uh, things are gonna probably be worse in next month in two months uh we ain't seen we ain't seen nothing yet <clears> oh <throat> uh, let's see all right so well, glenn that sounds uh, that sounds good, good. Go, go ahead bill thanks are doing good
3: the ants are doing great. They did a little detour through the Hawaiian Islands last night to uh, <clears throat> have
0: a little luau.
2: Yeah, I was going to wonder how they how they managed to get away with that.
0: Well, you know the ants. I tell you, and this was not authorized. It was not authorized at all. I wondered, I wondered why there was such a delay in that part of the world, but. You know, after a couple hours, the thing started reporting back in. I think they turned the radio off, went radio yeah. silent, and I think they somehow figured out how to get down and back up.
2: Yeah. yeah. They, they definitely, you know, had, had a had little, little shore
3: leave there.
2: A little shore leave of their own there, yeah.
0: Yeah, it looks like it. It looks like it here.
2: You know, but, hey, this is the first one that's made it that far around in a long, long time. I'm really impressed with that little balloon you
0: used. Yeah, this is uh this is a neat little balloon here and, and Bill has ordered some. Bill I got a couple of the other ones like you mm-hmm. you just ordered in, uh, the little bit cheaper ones. Uh, that I think they're gonna be delivered tomorrow. But uh, the neat thing about this little bull this little balloon is it blows up round. It's not kind of pancakey like all the other stuff that has been out there that we fly. It's like four gore. It's got like four sections and when it thing fills up it it comes into a circle so man it handled it carries a whole lot more gas than a a, a flat type uh, balloon and uh this balloon is not a great big balloon it's uh about 36 inches not name that 32 inches across and um uh, weighs about 47 grams uh and it's uh, only, it, it, I measured the, capa- the cubic foot capacitor, cubic meter capacity, and uh, it looks like you're about 210 liters, that's, that's, that's 0.21 cubic meters. You know, an SBS balloon uh, carries about 0.5 cubic meters, this one's carrying 0.21 cubic meters, and it's flying practically the same height. And uh, Bill, I mean, I was impressed with it. it feels tough. It feels strong. It was easy to launch. Uh,
3: They're well made. Yeah, well made. And this is the little. This is the little brother to it. Remember those ones that we got in? There were twenty-two inches in diameter. And I inflated this two weeks ago. It's about four tenths of a gram. Since that time, it looks just the same as when I inflated it. It's really phenomenal.
0: Well, people so, are not seeing. Is, people are not serious. seeing it, Bill. I, I think yeah. your internet. Your internet is uh, so slow that you're not switching to video when you're showing it. I can see it, but it's not. well. What, what's going on here? No, Wait, that's my fault.
2: <laughs> that's there we go. Yeah. That's my fault. You're blaming somebody he, else. He go. is
0: switching now. He yeah. he he, he yeah show us yeah. that again bill so uh,
3: okay this is yeah. the uh this is the uh, brother to that this is about 20 inches in diameter and uh, i inflated it two weeks ago and it hasn't lost more than a, f- a few tenths of gram of lift it's really <clears throat> really done a great job and but this one's uh, not quite big enough to fly anything but you could actually this could take uh and your eight gram payload up to about 20,000 feet.
0: So that's
3: one of the. These are only about $5 a piece.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the other one. Um,
3: These are ones we can for $5. They claim to be 2 inches, but in reality they're 22.
0: Yeah, that was a disappointment. But there, it's, sure. uh,
3: you see, it's spherical. You can yep. see, it's got four seams on it, and it's spherical. Yeah. Just like the ones you are flying, the bigger version of this.
0: Well, I know of only three. Three of these balloons, like we're flying today, there's there's three in the air right now. Uh, Our friend in Sweden is flying two of them. And uh, I I don't know how to classify it. Three out of three are up and flying and going around the world. 100% success on them. Uh, So... I think they're going to be a good balloon, man. I really think they are. Hey, I got a little video here. I'll uh, let me let me put. Uh, I got about a, it's a minute, minute and twenty seconds. Show you the launch. You know, we launched uh, Monday. We launched two balloons. We launched a uh, we launched one hundred eight, which is going around the world now, and we launched one hundred nine. And one hundred nine made it again, about Mississippi or somewhere and went down. I don't know what happened to him, but uh, you're going to see the two balloons here. Uh, so here we go. All right, we're getting ready to launch a uh, dual launch today, W5KB108 and 109, and uh, we got them both laid out here. We got, there's 108, and behind me, if I don't but step now, what on type it, of balloon 109. Was 109. it's just a, it's a, a clear, all right, 36 we, uh, inch
2: ready to go? I guess Chinese uh, balloon. let it rip. Okay, so it was a new balloon
0: type as well. Oh, it pulled it out well, again, that's this okay. what people have been flying. It's right in the sun. I can't see a thing. Uh, look, I'm, I'm, leading, I'm letting it out right here, look. They were okay. going right in the sun Over, here. It, okay, so that was, uh, man, it's going right into the sun, so we're not going to get any video on this for sure. <laughs> All right, so Ed, uh, I guess we're ready. I can't even see the other one. Where are you? I've lost you. I couldn't even see him in my there camera. It go. The sun was so bright. Let it go. This is number uh, 109. Here we go. It's going up. I'm feeding it up, Ed. There it is. All right. I can't tell if I'm getting any video or not because I'm in the sun.
2: We need to get you one of those <laughs> NASA cameras you know, that they use the super
0: telephoto that they use on the launch. Yeah. So uh, they both went right into the sun. We almost couldn't see them here. I think I had the arrow pointing. I don't know if you saw that toward the end of the, the video there, but uh, as 109 was going up, if you look closely, you could see uh, 108 there in the sun uh, going up there. So uh, that was fun launching them. The, uh, Glenn, you asked about what was the other blue in the 109. It's 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 the... Standard typical 36 inch clear Chinese balloon that everybody flies, and it typically flies in what, what Bill maybe in the 20,000s, maybe maybe low 30. I think Bill's gone. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's uh, 20,000, uh, 20, uh, probably
3: 28.
0: 000. So it, it, it flies fairly. It flies fairly fairly low and uh you know those can make it around the world there's people that have made it around the world one or two or three times with one of those but uh i have found typically they don't last uh it's it's really difficult to get one around the world uh this uh the one we launched the silver one there that we launched at 108 uh, uh even though it's smaller in diameter 32 inches uh, it holds uh, um, probably thirty percent or more gas than that thirty-six inch clear one held, just because of the fact that it will blow up round instead of kind of pancakey, you know, kind of flat. So that's where you get the that's where we get our altitude. So I'm very happy with the one o nine. We're flying, you know, around one hundred forty to one hundred forty-one thousand feet. Which is perfect uh, for that balloon, and uh, we're uh, we're real happy with it. I think tomorrow, hopefully tomorrow, we will. Uh, it's going. I think tomorrow when it wakes up, it should be right at right over uh, Mexico, maybe. And then uh, Habhub is saying another ten hours. It's going to be over us here in Memphis, but uh, I don't know if it can make it that fast or not, but. Uh, we could make it. Uh, it's been up nine days. We've we've uh, we've, we've gone twenty two thousand four hundred miles in eight days and nine hours. And uh, uh, speeds are kind of averaging well anywhere from maybe a hundred miles an hour to maybe I've seen one hundred and fifty. Uh, we did see a report one time of 200, I think, and then we did see. I did see a report one time of 300 miles per hour, but that had to be a mistake. I don't think it. I don't think we did 300 miles per hour, but uh, uh, there's definitely some I good jet know. stream. I've
2: heard, I've heard that Louie has a lead foot, so it
0: well might have it, it, it may be, but you know, if and, and if these guys had not stopped off in Hawaii, we'd have been much further ahead of the game we might could have set a new record but no they had to uh, they had to stop
2: I'm impressed with the things really holding its altitude well
0: yeah it has not varied hardly any i mean atmospheric pressure stuff's going to change the float a little bit also the speed of the wind will change the float uh of, of the balloon but uh uh bill i Bill's the expert here. Bill, what do you think? You think we've lost any or much hydrogen? I mean, it's staying almost.
3: Probably not, um, Tom. I have my internet load and I've got storms coming through. So, uh, I think what happened is the the look I've seen was around 11,600 meters over near Japan. but there was a big blow there and. So that that's why they're flying. they the following the pressure gradient beautifully, and uh, I don't think it's losing anything.
0: I, yeah, hey, I, I feel the same way. I think it's very possible that it hadn't lost any. And I mean, this thing okay. it this thing can stay for months. I, I just I don't know. I feel good about it. Is there any? I'm supposed to knock on wood when i when i say that but i i I feel good about this and you know glenn when i first opened it up and i was little you know of course it's flimsy just like any of the others really you know it's probably one mil thick and i thought this thing's pretty delicate but you know i uh, i blew it up to uh uh, and tested it up to uh, 0.39 psi which is probably 1.39 that's probably more than two times the pressure that it's going to have at altitude up there. So I didn't want to take it much higher and blow it up because it's the only one I had got. We wanted to test this one. Uh, but uh, it'd be interesting to see where it actually blows up, you know, but uh, I don't know. Maybe we don't have to know that.
2: Yeah. I mean, it just works. I mean, uh- I saw where you posted the other day, also that SBS has launched one.
0: Well, they've they've got two up, and Bill, I don't know if you're following the uh, K6RPT 11 and 12. I, it looks like they're both stopped. Whoa, one near uh, one near uh, the west coast of of uh, Africa, and uh, and one of them actually went to Japan, but it's back in it's showing back in China now. I, have you followed those, Bill?
2: Bill dropped off. Oh, he did. I think his internet really... Oh, man, okay.
0: So I don't know what's going on. The SBS balloon was flying right beside our side uh, as we uh, reached uh, uh, Africa, but they're APRS only. And because they're APRS only, there's no APRS really across Africa or the Middle East. So we flew for five days, getting reports every 10 minutes, and their balloon uh, was APRS, so it was in the dark. And it finally after about five or six days, it finally popped up in China. It was behind us. I think we were over uh, Japan. It popped up in China. But it, it, it's not making any progress. It's kinda like it It's kinda like it's stuck in China. I don't know what's going on. Oh well. All right.
2: Stephen Child is returned.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I got a little thing here I want to show you. What you got? Well, you know, i built up several power supplies. One of the, you know, one of my, one of my most useful pieces of equipment I have on my workbench is a little variable power supply that I built up. And it's variable. It's variable from about, you know, three volts up to about 18 volts. You know, just turn a little potentiometer and you can change the voltage. And, man, I have used that thing for everything, T- testing trackers, testing lights, testing radio, any, anything and everything, you know. But, you know, I, I, I picked one of these up off the internet, Alpha eBay the other day. Uh, it's going to be hard to see this and know exactly what it is. But um, this is a, a, a buck. Let's see. This is a buck converter. Well, it's both buck and what's the other term I'm looking for?
2: I could have told you if you hadn't asked.
0: Buck, uh, buck, buck boost. It's a buck boost. So you can put any voltage in this thing. You can put any voltage in here from like three, three or four volts. Let me get Bill back in here. All right. So you can put any voltage in here from about, you know, three to 30 volts and it's kind of neat it's got a it's got a display on it and a little it's probably got a Arduino in it it's got the little uh the little knob you press the button you know it's the what are you the encoder you press the button and it turns it on and you can actually uh look at the current you can look at the current draw you can you can turn a little knob you can change the voltage up and down like in in hundreds of a volt and it's a buck boost in other words if i put this on a 12 volt supply If I put this on a 12-volt supply, I could actually turn it down to, like, 0.5 volts. Or I could go all the way up to 30 volts, even if it was on a 12-volt supply. So it's buck boost. It'll take it either way. And I think it's supposed to be good. I think it's supposed to be good for 10 amps. Of course, I don't want to, you know, most of all my applications are are very low current. But I'm going to take a power supply. You know, I've got, a, I've got an old computer power supply. I may take me an old computer power supply, which, you know, it's got 3 volts, 5 volts, 12 volts on it, and just hook it to this thing, boost device. And, uh, you know, I'll probably put 12 volts into it. And again, you'll be able to turn it down to a half volt, or you can turn it all the way up to 30, 30 or 31 volts. So it's pretty uh, Where'd you get that? pretty neat. I just ordered it off of uh, eBay. It's, uh, it's a real s- simple little uh, buck boost device um, you can see it's got a heat sink on the back and it's made to snap in so you cut you cut a hole you cut a hole in your uh, your little chassis or cabinet and it just snaps it's got a little uh, well you can see the snaps it just snaps right in a hole and uh, uh, it's just you know again it's just something to play with and uh, I thought I'd give it a try there's all you know, kinds. There's all kinds of gizmos like this uh, out here. There's there's thousands of things like this out here to play with.
2: Actually, um, on my explorer uh, from Dr. Arduino, I've got a little buck boost converter right there on the board.
0: Uh huh. That's cool.
2: So, so I can get voltages that I need. Yeah. Particularly the three point three volt.
3: Been having uh, internet connections this evening. Uh, my DSL is going on and off every few minutes, and uh, my Verizon is flaking out. And I've got thunderstorms coming through. But um, I tried to get Starlink, and they said it'd be one year before I get a terminal. From Starlink. Oh man! And uh, then I noticed on the news that there were a whole uh, cargo container full airship there to ukraine and i figured that's where they're going that's why i can't get a terminal until 2023 he sent them all to the ukraine
0: yeah i saw that where he's offering that to ukraine and i'm thinking okay the starlink that'd be a great internet for them. but I, I i thought don't you have to have a little terminal at the bottom that you know that connects to the satellite and that's uh
3: what they, that's what they sent him, yeah uh, sent them uh, all the terminals that uh, that's why we can't get them here. <laughs> well, it
0: may be, 20, 20
3: yeah. I can get one,
0: yeah. Um. Now, are are, are, are there some? Um, are there some? Are there some satellites up there right now that are on uh, on, on Wi-Fi frequencies that you can access just with an antenna? Isn't well, some? the
3: the loon the. Google Loon uh, balloons were kind of like that. They had a specialized uh, uh, ground station, but it was operating on a similar principle. But they their coverage area wasn't that wide, and of course, they no longer really doing that anymore. So uh, the mm-hmm. Starlink is uh, LEO satellites. Yeah. The big advantage to the
0: Starlink
3: is that your latency time is going to be very low because they're low earth orbiting satellites whereas right. the other uh, geostationary satellite services for internet you can have up to a 1000 millisecond latency and
0: you know Well those uh, the, those 10 like 10 exceed miles. like exceed others I think they're in a geostationary orbit out there I think aren't they So Geosnet, they're they're 22,000 miles out so you're going right. to have 250 millisecond delay going up and back and up and back. Uh, that's a second right there, man. But, yeah, uh, yeah the LEO satellites, yeah. what, what's the altitude in them? Aren't they around 200, 300, maybe 400 at the most?
3: They're probably around, uh, well, they start off in a low parking orbit and check them out, then they put them up a little higher orbit. But they're they're probably just uh, 300, 400 miles up. And yeah. the latency times are very low as a result. Right. But they have to put up a whole bunch of them, which they're doing. They lost 40 of them during the last solar storm, and they had them just launched the park in the parking orbit. And they got knocked out of orbit by the. When the solar uh, storm hit the atmosphere, it increases the uh, height of the atmosphere and knocked them out. They lost 40
0: of them. Well, I would like to try one myself, I you know, but uh, well, I would too, but uh, it'll <laughs> but be it, I think that I think the, the uh, I think the rate for that's going to be about a hundred dollars a month, but I guess that's not bad. Was, uh,
3: Ninety-nine dollars a month, five hundred some for the ground station oh, yeah. one-time fee, and uh, they said it was unlimited and very uh, high speed. Uh, now, if you want the commercial version. They said you might be able to get that by June, but the ground station costs twenty-five hundred dollars. But uh, they offered very, you know, comparable to uh, to cable
0: speeds, yeah
3: hundred megabits that's so. Yeah. So it's uh, well, it's I, I, I they get a lot of subscribers if they can handle the bandwidth.
0: I'm, I'm fairly happy. Mine's not um, uh, symmetric here. I, I get I get uh, four hundred and fifty down and twenty-three up.
3: I get 1.5 down and 0.2 up.
0: Well.
2: And I was just going to complain about mine. I'm in Mississippi, and I've
3: got 5 up and 30 down. Well,
0: be beat hands down. 5 up and 30 down, that's pretty good. You know, I, over in the mountains of North Carolina, I think we've got 5 down and 768 up over there. Can't get anything any you know, better over there.
3: with my Verizon modem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I hook up through the Verizon network, that's what I get uh Land, but it's uh it's flaking out tonight i can't hook to the internet through it for some reason so something, maybe a cell tower got hit by lightning or something
2: yeah now on the we have line, a lot of lightning
3: going on right now
2: are they using a mesh to talk to all the star links in between each other or are they pretty much just individual units
0: i think they're all meshed together up there i think they're meshed yeah they're
3: kind of like iridium what iridium does uh when you use an Iridium modem through the Iridium satellite network, uh, it uh, let's say your Iridium receiver is in um, Siberia, and you're here, you send an email to their ground station in America, it sends it up and bounces through the network and finds your unit on the other side of the world. And I think maximum delay time was about 18 seconds. That's pretty good. Hmm. Send a command yeah. via email to the server, and then it ends up being received by the receiver 18 seconds later. Yeah. I actually sure. launched a uh, a uh, paper airplane from 60 or 70 thousand feet on a balloon by sending an email. <laughs> it went to went to their ground station, for Iridium, uplinked it was received on my balloon by the receiver, which activated a servo on a little Arduino and uh, dropped the paper airplane. It was cooler and really cool. There you go.
2: Yeah, the reason I ask is I just uh, bought me a mesh system for the house here, and that's pretty impressive the way that works. But now I have high speed upstairs as well as downstairs.
0: All right. I just posted the Zoom link. If people would like to join us, uh, it's time now to move on uh, to the show after the show. Is that right? No. This is yeah. No. This is after the show show. That's yeah, what it after is. After the show show. This is the after the show show coming up right now, folks. You've been watching Amateur Radio Roundtable, the show about ham radio, amateur radio. And um, if you're listening out there on WBCQ, please send us an email to tom at w5kub.com. Tell us where you are. Give us a signal report. And I would like to just ask everyone again out there, hit that subscribe button right there. You can see that subscribe You See my arrow flashing? You should be able to uh, hit that subscribe button. That will greatly help us out to advertise our, our channel on YouTube. So let's see. Well, I I posted the link. I, well, well, where is everybody? I don't I don't see anybody. Maybe they didn't know what it was. Let me post it again.
2: They didn't. They just saw this link, and we've been taught not to click
0: links. Maybe they don't want to talk to us tonight. But this is the after the show show amateur radio Roundtable's second hour after the show show right there, bringing. Bringing ham radio to you. Come on. Oh, we got somebody here. Teresa's calling. Teresa's in here.
2: You were talking, Tom, about your your voltage project. I've got one over on my bench here that I've started. It's got a 48-volt power supply in it. I'm rebuilding my pool cleaner controller that uses 48 volts on the motors. I'm going to have that Arduino power to manage my pool cleaner.
0: That's good. All right. We got Russ with us. We got Teresa with us. How you doing, Teresa?
4: Oh, doing fairly decent. How about you, Tom?
0: Doing pretty good. How's the weather down in Texas, Miss Weather Girl there? (laughs) We're supposed to get a winter storm hits here Friday night, and it's coming from Texas. You are Mm -hmm. you should know about it, right? Yeah. Oh boy.
4: I haven't seen what it's supposed to do over there yet I've been uh, a little preoccupied watching what it's supposed to do to us, but yeah, it's going to be fun and interesting for a little while
0: well maybe I'll get to uh maybe I get to try my generator out maybe that's it'll be, all
2: he's talked about he wants maybe to be that to bad the generator out. the whole town
0: suffers but Tom gets to that's pay. right man. why can't we have an ice storm when this thing comes through here That's what I want to know. I, I told you guys. I told you when I put this expensive generator in. I said we'll probably never have an outage again.
2: You will never have another outage as long as
0: we. Live. We'll never have another outage. But I guess that's uh, that's good. That you know, I, I the whole city should thank me for doing that. We put the generator in. It never has to turn on, and the whole city uh, keeps power. So, you know, it's like putting a sh- snow shovel at the back door so it don't snow that's right that's right <laughs> uh, that's right Well, we're gonna get snow they're saying snow friday night so it's it's coming and it's well, gonna stuff y'all got there to, uh, within the past three hours is going to be here on well, friday and it's going to cause havoc into saturday well it's going to get tough here friday night they're, they're they're uh predicting up to maybe an inch I mean, that is going to be a disaster, isn't it, Glenn?
2: Is that what they're saying? An inch?
0: Well, well, they keep they they're backed it down a little bit, but it was an inch, yeah.
2: Well, see, I remember thirty years ago <laughs> that it started out the week before. Hey, we're going to get an inch of snow next week.
0: I think I remember 30.
2: this. And two days later, we're going to get two to four inches of snow next week and then 2 days before it's we're going to get 6 inches of snow. All right? Then the day of literally it was oh my god, we're going to get 12 inches of click there with my power. And you look out you the know. Window,
0: I hey, I think I, I think when I I remember, I remember when I was really young, I think we got about 30 inches one winter. One at one time. I never saw so much snow.
2: We had a three-foot drift outside yeah. of my apartment. I was in a second-story apartment back then, and I was able to look out to the south, and it would look like you know, bombs were going off on the ground from all of the power lines coming down, and it was thunder snow at the same time. So it was literally just fireworks all night long.
3: Now, Now, that same storm hit New Hampshire, where I was living at the time. And we had three feet of snow in one night. And I opened my front door, and all I saw was a white imprint of my door. I couldn't get out. I had to crawl (laughs) out a window. So, But they had the roads open, and we could go to town within about three or four hours.
2: Yeah, I actually had power the next day. But this is the one where I told you my neighbor literally across the hall in the same building was on a different feed and his was out for two weeks, so we ran an extension cord across the hall to give him some power. That was Yeah, so their their time you you could have loaned him your generator and everybody would have been happy.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Well (laughs) I got plenty of power. In fact I got so much power that I run an extension cord over to my neighbor's house.
2: The good news is I only go into work on Thursday, so if it snows that bad on Friday, I'll just be sitting at home watching it snow.
0: Oh, yeah. Well that'd be nice.
3: So, they're predicting snow possible here Friday night and on my mountain. Yeah. Uh but Tennessee just about forty miles north of here, they're supposed to get some snow too. So Teresa, do you do any storm uh chasing there as um Follow tornadoes or carry that Doppler radar truck out there and check it out?
4: <laughs> no, not yet. Uh, at least not down here. I've done a little bit of storm chasing when I was living up in North Texas. I had a friend that she was a classmate of mine, and we went out together a couple of times. Um, she knew the lay of the land a little bit better, and so she'd know uh, the, easier, the easiest and quickest ways to get from point A to point B, and I'd watch the radar and uh, help navigate from that end, and that that was fun and interesting.
3: I always try and keep to the side or behind the tornado, but one one day, one decided to chase me. Oh, oh! It, it, uh, normally they go northeast or east, and this one decided to veer southeast where I was and headed right at me, and lifted up right when. Uh, about a half mile before it was about to hit me, it lifted up and went right over me.
2: Ooh,
3: I, I got pelted with thousands of pieces of hail. Yeah.
0: Well you know, you got to kinda know the area, Bill. You were probably near a trailer park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know
3: well, you know well, I have a theory. I have a theory on that. Yeah. Um the um uh, a tornado will produce a 55 megahertz signal. Yeah. And in the early days with analog TVs, you could tune to channel 13 and dim it till it was just dark. Tune to channel 2, and if it was bright white, you had a tornado heading at you. And I figure that the length of a standard single-wide trailer is probably some multiple wavelength on six meters
2: Might and a that's half why
3: wave. they're attracted yeah. It's like a half wave and they're multiple half wave and it's heading right for that resonance
0: yep well yeah
3: nope
2: I my the last time I decided to be out in severe weather um, it was the last time that was when the tornado hit the Hickory Ridge Mall here I was driving home and I knew the weather was going to get bad so I had timed my day to get home early Well, I got hung up and got, I was three hours late, and then I got hung up in traffic, and the tornado that hit Hickory Ridge Mall, which is probably about 10 miles northeast of me, uh, I saw it in my rearview mirror, and then I saw another one about five, six miles in front of me as it crossed the road, and I said, you know what? Somebody else can be out driving. The next time they even mention severe weather, I'm not driving on three now, days either side of it.
0: Now, Glenn, Glenn, are you sure that you saw a tornado in your rearview mirror? Are you sure that wasn't exhaust coming out in your old car?
2: No. <laughs> it may have been something coming out, but it definitely was not from the car. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I saw the wall cloud and everything coming yeah. behind me.
0: Yeah.
2: And no, no, I, I was like,
0: yeah, I was literally about it's ready to push the car in front of me. What year was it that they they had that? What year was it that they, they, they had that, the tornado out in Senior? Do you remember? 81? 82?
3: Oh, that was 1870. One, two. 1972 or three, it it went right over my dormitory in Ohio State um, and, and I went to that town uh, shortly afterwards and it looked like a bulldozer had gone right through the center of the town there'd be one house in perfect shape and the next one was flat and right next to it yep. and I saw the funnel cloud hopper across Ohio uh, right over my dorm but I think it was 1973 74, 1974
0: Xenia that comes, a da- that comes from that comes from w d a i o l
2: yeah I just looked that up on the internet and uh, there's a small one in eighty nine but the big one was in 80, uh, 74.
0: Uh, they had one up here a few cup two three or four years ago right after we moved to Xenia uh, they had another one up here it didn't didn't hit the uh fairgrounds there but it hit somewhere and
4: the the uh, what was that two,
0: three well, years ago? Yeah, I think about Something three like years. Something like that.
4: Ago. Cause yeah, that was the year that I got to go to Dayton. Yeah, and uh,
0: they had one hit home a week arena too. I think it hit near uh, Beaver Creek or somewhere up in that area. Yeah. Yeah. I think it hit the day after we left. Yeah, uh, we left on Sunday. Hera Arena. We left on Sunday, and I think yeah. that tornado hit that Sunday uh, there in Beaver Creek. That was about three years ago.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. that's what finished off the Hera Arena, like Bill said. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: It was already on its way out, so it didn't take much to
0: finish Stop. it off. I thought maybe they'd collect insurance on it, man, and rebuild it.
2: You probably could have kicked one side of the building and it would have come down.
0: Hey, I I, I loved the hair Arena, man. Even it was even it, when it was bad, I liked it, man.
2: I didn't get to go to my first hair Arena until like 2014. I'd heard really? about it all those years, and yeah. finally, you know, went. And it's one of those you either love it mm. or you hate it, but you can grow to love it. And I could never figure my way around that place until I finally, the second year, I figured out, I'm like, hey, the drapes behind everybody's booth are color-coded. Yeah. This place is color-coded by zones. Once I figured out what color I was looking for, I was able to find all the shortcuts and know where
0: I was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the outside, too, was, you know. Some of
3: those conference rooms were so loud. Yeah. You couldn't hear anything when you were in the conference or giving a talk because the proudness was so loud from the adjacent forums and the just the general buzz of the benching.
0: Yeah, some yeah, of the rooms fun.
3: were better than others.
0: Hey, we had uh, Mike. Is Mike here? Mike, you join us. Ooper. He's muted. The Ooper up in my up in uh, Ooper Ooperville. You're, you're muted.
3: Well, we have a big uh, storm chasing um, thing with the uh, Severe Weather Institute here, Teresa. We've got. Uh there we go.
0: There he is. On oh, my way.
2: Hey, he kicked Bill out just when he, so he could talk.
0: <laughs> hey, Mike, you got any
5: snow up here? Yeah, you better talk about your tornadoes. You can <laughs> keep them. We, we we get to simple stuff like two to three foot snowstorms in a weekend. That that we keep it to the simple stuff.
2: I will well. never forget one year in in Minneapolis. They had one of those blizzards come through, and I was you know they let us all out of class early, and I was headed to the airport. That stuff was like beach sand. I don't know how you can do anything in it. The road was covered in beach sand.
5: <laughs> hmm. Yeah, we just but, had one a week ago. We think we're a week or a week and a half ago, a week before last, we had, the, I think, to put down two and a half, three feet of snow over the weekend. It's nothing to panic.
0: When does yeah. it stop snowing up For About August? Uh, yeah, it'll it'll melt off by then. It'll,
5: it'll
4: stop yeah. in the
5: middle of July. Yeah. yeah.
2: And oh, then it'll start again in September.
5: Yeah. Mmm. But I'll tell you, we, we, we up here in the U.P., we, we don't get the hurricanes, we don't get the earthquakes, we don't get the tornadoes, we don't get the, the flooding.
2: Now, now I grew up I in Miami, world. and, you know, yeah, you worry about hurricanes, but you could plan for them. You had the, even back in the old days where all you had was the TV and the radio, every hurricane season with the newspaper would print a map and would stick that up on the wall and put pins on it with every, you know, broadcast and, you know, things of that nature but I moved up here and was introduced to tornadoes and I have never been more scared in my life than the first tornado warning yeah. that came through because you have no idea. You don't know where it's going. You don't know what it's going to hit. You don't know when you don't know how many, how big you can't plan for it. Yeah. It's- well, I never,
5: I've never seen a uh, snowstorm, a white or devastated town, tear yeah. it apart. You know, like you'll see with the tornadoes that rip through and just tear up a whole town and businesses. Yeah, and but Snowstorm, You know, we've had, oh, we have some roofs cave in because there's too much weight of snow on the roof Or stuff like that. But, uh, you know, devastate a town with a snowstorm.
0: Yeah, but Mike, we look, yeah, Mike, a, we, do have, uh, we, we do have, we, we do have, we, have Mike, we do have tornadoes, but they're only so wide. But we have those terrible snowstorms where we get that inch, maybe a half inch. Oh, that, that shuts, let me it. tell you, that shuts the entire town down, not you know, yeah, a tornado. Yeah. Oh, we, right. we don't even hey. need an inch of
4: snow. We oh. get hey, a a tornado,
0: a tornado, a tornado may be only a mile wide, but man, you get an inch I, of snow. I, I was, you get I an was, inch of snow and the whole city's out. Really. Now,
2: three snowflakes and the town is closed.
0: That's right. <laughs> Hey, you know, when I was in the Air Force... And all
3: the bread and milk
0: gone. Yeah, all the bread and milk gone. Yep. When I was in the Air Force uh, out in Altus, Oklahoma, uh, we had a lot of tornadoes out there. We had One night, we had 17 tornadoes one night. Yeah. And uh, they made an announcement on the radio that they were turning the sirens off to let them cool.
2: <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's
2: wonderful. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's
3: enough for me to I just take a shovel. I was a tornado in uh, 2011. It was an F-5. It knocked down all the transmission towers from the nuclear plant. Missed the nuclear plant by a few hundred feet, fortunately. Yeah, the we'll fact take- that it knocked down all those transmission towers, our power was out for the entire northern Alabama for uh, eight days Before they could rig it back up Oh
0: that's fast
3: And when I saw that tornado I was chasing it It was wall to wall From one horizon to the other It was uh, at least a mile wide Just a big wedge to tornado I turned around and said I'm not chasing that one
1: <laughs> And where <laughs> what, I was standing
3: that, that, what It shut leveled us down all, all the houses
5: it wasn't snow It was freezing rain We got we got rain on Saturday. Uh, and that yeah. just wiped it came down and everything uh froze and everything was sheet of ice that did
0: yeah that's itself. what that's what we get we get more ice it really hurts us down here in fact what, when was it uh when was it like 94 we had a big ice storm and it took down like bill it took down all those big high tension metal power transmission lines and there were people, I mean, they didn't get that stuff replaced for like a month or two.
5: I don't mind driving through a snowstorm and that, but you can take that ice.
2: Yeah, no, I think I was still in Birmingham at the time. That's right. when we got that 12 inches of snow in Birmingham. Yeah. That year, you got the ice.
0: The ice was bad.
2: Well, this one we had a couple of weeks ago wasn't a whole lot of fun. Uh, my neighbor ended up with at least, you know, if you count all the limbs, he had at least two pine trees on the ground in his backyard.
3: And. Mm. Glenn, you mentioned a lightning detector project you're working on
0: for your Arduino. He's got one. He's got one in a book.
4: That's in that first book. Yeah. But I'm
0: updating uh, it. I I was just wondering
3: if you were updating it. I think you mentioned you had new sensors come in for lightning detection.
2: Yes. Um, I've switched away from the embedded adventures one. And gone more mainstream, I got a pair off of eBay that are coming, and they're generics. Uh, They all use the same chip, that uh, AS3935. And then I bought a pair from SparkFun, and I'm going to be doing the project to use any or all of those detectors. Why? What you got in mind?
3: Uh, I thought it would be timely since uh, there's lightning all the way around me right now. I thought it would oh. be timely to build something like that.
2: Oh, I, I was going to say, I can mail you the one I got.
3: <laughs> how, how long is it? Uh, how far away can it detect lightning?
2: Um, 40 kilometers, which is 24 point
3: something oh. miles. That, that, that'll give you plenty of warning.
2: It will tell you the distance to the leading edge of the storm. Um, and how strong the lightning is. And it's just a number scale, but it, it'll tell you how strong the lightning is and, and how far away it is. It doesn't give you a direction or anything. But it's, it's if all you
3: have, a, If you have more than one of them uh, spaced out, well, say, a mile could, could apart... Try,
2: then you could triangulate based on distance.
3: That would be a good little project.
2: Yeah. Tie them together over the Internet but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, the thing is, it's all done in that little chip. It's got a digital signal processor that you really can't fool it with an electric drill or anything. It's looking for that 500 kilohertz signature of the lightning. If you've ever listened to lightning on your AM radio, it's not just a big burst of static. You can hear a pattern in that static. You can hear the build up. You can hear the crash. And then you can hear the fade down. And they have determined... What that signature is, and the detector has a little, you know, 500 kilohertz bar antenna. It's got one of the, remember the old AM transistor radios that had those ferrite bar antennas. It's got a micro version of that on it, and it's literally nothing more than a 500 kilohertz AM receiver or a 500 kilohertz receiver that's tuned to look
0: for that signature. Very cool. It's very cool. And, uh, All right. If anybody yeah. else, if anybody else wants to join us, I posted a Zoom link. Just come on in and join us on Zoom. We'll be glad to have you. You're uh, listening to and watching possibly the after the show show. This is show amateur, show. amateur radio roundtable. The after the show show. The first uh, hour is ham radio. The second hour is snowstorms, tornadoes, and uh, lightning. And Lightning, tonight. That's the subject tonight. So, uh, please join us. Well, Bill, uh, man, I was thinking, if I, had, if, I had another, if I had a balloon here, you know, the tracker built up, and 108 passes overhead, I might do another oh, yeah. launch. I might do another launch to try to hook up with him, dock with him, you it know? Looks
3: like It looks like it's heading for... Uh here again, it looks yeah. like in a couple of days it's on its way, heading for San Diego. But I, I think the prediction shows it's coming right over, uh, and in Alabama.
2: Well, didn't the ant say something that they were going to take some time off at Disneyland?
3: Yeah,
0: well, yeah, there I you go. Know. <laughs> you know, uh, uh Habhub shows it going across Baja California, right uh and i don't know if it's going to get up high enough for us or not uh, actually i'm going to go under us although although I, I don't i don't know take take a look here you can see what there,
3: there's a couple different options here here we go
0: here we go
2: yeah i mean that's actually a pretty solid path prediction there it's not spread out like most of. looks them. like we'll
0: probably go right a little under it there actually right there
2: Oh, they got
0: to stop yeah, in Tijuana. Yeah, I I think we're going to miss it. But that would still be pretty close to launch, too, if it, if it came through right under it here. Um, yeah. That's yeah.
2: impressive.
0: Now, Bill, Habhub is saying uh, when it when it quit moving or when we quit transmitting tonight when we went to sleep, Habhub was saying, let's see what Habhub says here. Habhub was saying it would be in Baja. Let's see where it is. Well, first of all. Their prediction, like their the, prediction uh, goes uh, way back. Okay. Their prediction goes way back, but right there was hour thirty, and then if you go to Baja, hour hour forty-one. So it's saying we're eleven hours from Baja, and if you come on over to Memphis, that was uh, three eleven
3: zero uh, six hundred UTC for Memphis area.
0: Forty-one, fifty. It's worried, saying man. it's saying from Baja to Memphis, twelve hours. Can it make it that fast? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah.
3: You're well, about three, two and a half days away from completing your first lap.
2: Impressive.
0: Well, right now we're we're right now we're showing forty hours Baja minus let's see minus twenty. Some, we're showing about one day. Yeah, we're showing. Uh, well, thirty. We're showing only ten hours. Ten hours to Baja and twelve hours to Memphis. Yeah, that's all. That's all we're showing on here. If, hey,
2: Tom. There's a question in the chat room of how does it predict and is that prediction generally accurate?
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's very accurate. Accurate. You can see. You can see how uh, I don't know what I don't know what happened right here. Uh, the ants messed something up right there.
2: Well, uh, that's when they were taking their little Hawaii. I think they went to
0: back have- to Hawaii or something right there. Well, they, they went back. To- they went back to get Huey. I think uh, they. Well, they, they,
2: were, they were faking you that they went past it, but the prediction actually showed that they did go. To I Hawaii.
0: I actually think Huey and Dewey left without. Do, Louis, i don't know one of them one of them didn't show up and they had to go back and get him to tell you the truth but uh yeah,
3: yeah. Much fun why yeah
0: but you can see uh yeah The, the it's just like the, the, bill can you tell us anything about this this is noah right this is their high split model
3: uh it's a uh it's called noah ready high split and it's a uh, prediction program that they uh, developed from NOAA to uh, study uh, wind dispersion for like say volcanoes or uh, you
0: know
3: where the uh,
0: well and this reminds me of the this reminds me of the models they show the, the, this reminds me of the models that show when we have hurricanes and you know you these see wind the models
3: di- are very accurate yeah they, they use They use uh, all the uh, model data. that It's a very powerful program. And our students here at uh, UAH have been flying several PICO balloons that have actually been used to improve their uh, algorithms on that website. One of the students was an intern at NOAA as a result of his uh, balloon project. That's just too cool.
0: Well, in case we got anybody new on here who wants to track the balloon, we'll just go to. Let's we'll see if I can get it on here. Uh, let's see. I think I can adjust it here. Maybe. 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 Just go. There we go.
2: Yokohama balloon. Is that a division of the Yokohama Tire? I
0: company? think it is. I think. I don't know. <laughs> yeah if you, hey if you'll just go to um, uh, hamtv.com yeah hamtv.com, or you can go to w 5 kubcom either one and uh, this is our tracking page you click on balloon at the top up here if you click on balloon at the top let's go to home this is uh this is what our page looks like. this is our new page. Um, We've uh, tried to do some upgrading uh, on our page uh, this past month. uh, A little different format. uh, And uh, if you click on... um, If you just click on uh, balloon up at the top menu, that will take us to the balloon tracking page. And on a balloon tracking page, I made it real simple for you. You've got... A link here. You can join our Facebook group. You can, if you click here, you can you can follow it on APRS. If you click here, you can follow it on a Hab Hub. If you want to see the uh, uh, Whisper data, you can click here. Let me click there. You'll see you'll see the Whisper data right there. It's coming in. Um, If you go, okay, there's a counter. We've been up uh, eight hours. I'm eight days, eleven. 8 days, 11 hours, 56 minutes. Uh, This will tell us how many laps we're on. These are some neat links we've got here. There's Ventusky, and there's uh, Wendy.com. The neat thing about these, if you click on these, let me show you what it does for you. Let me click here. And uh, this is Ventusky. And if you look at it, here's a world map, and you can see the winds now. I want to do this. I want to, um, well, let's see what I want to do here. Okay, I'm going to go over here. I'm going to set the, uh, let, me see, let me set it where you can see the whole thing here. So so you don't miss out on anything here. All right, now on Ventusky, I'm going to set the, we know our altitude right now. Is about twelve thousand meters, or or whatever. So I'm gonna set it at twelve thousand meters right here. So this is our altitude, right, that we're flying right now. And um, we can move the map around. Let's move it over here. Where we get there. We go. And I don't know what's going on here, but I don't see my colors. In fact, my map looks even different. I don't know what's going on here.
4: It looks like you've got it showing temperature instead that, of wind speed that's there, probably, that's,
0: Let's see. That probably is temperature. Oh, there we go. There we go. Let me come over here and check this. Let's do wind speed. There we go. Thank you so much. There we go. Now, right now, we are about right here where I've got the mouse. And it says the winds are 100, 100 miles an hour right there. And that wind, that jet stream is taking us right across Baja, California. It's going to take us, take us up into uh, the U.S. Let me zoom in a little. You can see the wind's a little bit better. It's going to take us across southern uh, U.S. And I assume back down here across the Pacific, I mean across the Atlantic. Again, a good solid 100 miles an hour all the way. Uh, we'll go across uh, Africa again. We slowed, well, It's 100 miles an hour there across Africa. Uh, we'll take a dip here. Let's see. Oh, uh, I don't like that dip there, Bill. There's a dip there there in India. It kind of goes down. Maybe we won't go that. We'll probably go over the northern of India. Go across China at 113 miles an hour. And look at here. We're back to the Pacific. Well, the speeds are 150, 160. Miles, 175 miles an hour. Look at that. So that's a that's a good one there to uh, to click on if you want to look at the speeds there. Windy is also another good one. This link here called windy.com. You click on that, it's going to give you very similar information. Um, and you'll just have to here you set the altitude. Right now we're at surface. Let's see. I don't know, let's see if we can do this. Alright, so I'm going to move the surface up to, uh, let's see, let's go 12, there's uh, about 13,000 meters, and then we're going to click on uh, wind here, I think we're on wind right now, let's uh, scroll back out, and we'll go over here to where we are, things are looking a little funny here, I don't know why. But we're somewhere in here. You click on it, it says 63 miles an hour. You click there, we're at 85 miles an hour. If you get up in the white and the yellow, going across the United States, uh, 114 miles an hour, 120. So that is, uh, that's called windy.com. Um, if you come on down on our website, uh, I've got an embedded map here. Uh, this is a Hub. Uh, the hab hub embedded uh, map right here it's going to show you the <clears throat> position of the balloon where it is on HabHub. hub here's a video of the launch uh, and you can come on down there's a little description of what we're trying to do and here's some pictures uh, of. Uh, there's a past flight we did right there uh, where we went around about three and a half times there's a picture of the tracker in my hand, and uh, so that's about it, that's it, you know, I set that up to make it easy for people, a lot of people don't understand much about all the different aspects of tracking, but if you'll just go to mtv.com, and you can click on balloon, and that'll take you to our tracking page right there, so, all right. Hey,
2: Tom, let me show this real quick. All right.
0: If what do you got there? Over to me. What is it? Let's see.
2: That is the lightning detector chip. Oh yeah. And if you look on the other side over here, that vertical piece that's- of white is a sticker on top of that little ferrite antenna I was talking. I was going to say
0: that looks like the antenna.
2: But the, that's the actual board. And aside from the antenna and the chip, there's just a, you know, five or six resistors and a cap or two. Uh, surface mounted to the board and that's the whole module right there and you can see it's about the size of a quarter
0: yeah it's pretty small
2: a tiny little thing and that's the one
4: from spark fun
0: all right join I'm us not on uh,
4: like glenn join us do what go ahead what tom
0: no, i'm just gonna i just posted a link again if anybody wants to join us we got about another uh 10 minutes that we will be on tonight
4: what was that you were saying teresa I was going to say, I'm not going to lie to you, Gwen. Uh, The time that Tom had you on uh, and you were talking about your first book and you were talking about that lightning detector deal, that's what made me buy that book. Oh! Yep. I went, oh, that looks like fun. That sounds like fun. That's what I want (laughs) to do.
2: That's been my personal favorite, but there have been some others through the years that have really, you know, been my my. it's always been the lightning detector but the cw keyboard was always yep. kind of fun because my cw's well
0: i built i built the cw keyboard uh, i built the de- the cw decoder i'll see what else yeah.
2: but uh my cw sending is often followed by a lot of four-letter words <laughs> and so with the cw keyboard i actually worked uh, the florida QSO party i worked cw on the QSO party and
3: i had a blast hey glenn what yes, sir. what the uh, what is that the, the lightning detector stand a cereal or ice Or uh this stands with the uh, detecting or a, a pulse to connect how does it tell you what it's doing what it's seeing
2: it's uh, it's on the I2C bus or I squared C bus and SPI. You can select which of the two. And uh, this, uh, the first one and I did was
3: And it to detect how many kilometers or.
2: Yeah, it
3: sends a message.
2: The library actually extracts all of that information for you. And uh, it also has an interrupt line, so it can you know flag you when there's new data, and then you can go out and poll it and get the data, and then the library will extract that into variables for you. Very, very easy to use. And uh, like I say, this time, the first one I did it with the i squared c bus, and this time around I've decided to go with the SPI since that's what everybody seems to be settling on and I've chosen to use all three, the embedded adventures, the Spark Fund, and the generic eBay sensors. So you'll have your, whichever sensor you get, you can make it work. So however you want to get your sensors. Uh, so like I say, this time around, I'm finishing that project up. It's actually going to have an output that will drive a, a relay that can disconnect your antennas and stuff.
0: Hey, you could put a little you could put a little voice module in there where when it gets real close you can you can it can say take cover, take cover.
2: Yeah. take, take cover, dig your foxhole now. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. Dr. And, Dr.
2: Glad you mentioned that. Let me go get so, something else. So that, yeah, while something you're getting else. it.
0: That that brings me to something I want to do, Glenn. Uh you know, I and I, I think it's out there already. You know, the voice on your GPS unit, the lady or whoever it is, you know, that talks. Uh, a lot of times I don't like to follow her instructions. I, I turn before she says or whatever, and, and she says, you know, you're going the wrong way or something like it. I'd like to change the voice where it just gets really mad at you, you know, like, Hey, stupid! Hey, you idiot! Hey, you, idiot, you, idiot like? you idiot! You're going the wrong way. You know, what would it take to put a voice like that in my GPS? Actually,
2: about ten years ago, TomTom had a celebrity series of voices. <laughs> oh, really? And you you could select Mr. T as yeah your, oh, your navigator man. for your GPS. You know, hey, you fool!
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway, this is something that I got not long ago. It's. A-U-D-E-M-E, so I'm assuming that's Dean, unless it's French, and then it's on Demet. Um And it is a Kickstarter project that has come to fruition. You can see, this is the first time it's left the wrapper. Get this thing out without bending pins. And you can see that it's an Arduino shield. Yeah. This is a speech recognition board. I don't know the full specs on it. All I know is that when I saw it, I knew I had to have one.
0: That's how I judge are, what I'm gonna do. Hey, there are so many boards out there that'll do everything, man.
2: Yeah. But this one is a speech recognition shield that will work with the Una. And so you know, I am
3: Glenn, yeah. I I operated, I purchased things on SparkFun in that cool, I got to have it. And for a while there, I was in the top 500 on SparkFun. It's <laughs> <laughs> on the same premise.
2: Yeah. And I saw this, and it's. I have the other uh, speech recognition, I forget what the name of it is, and I was like, okay, that's cool. But then when I saw this, it was like I've got oh, it's also a speech synthesizer. So this one does both. It'll talk. This this one listens and talks. You know, so Can you
0: program it? Can you program it where it would talk to itself and listen to itself and
2: I'm sure you could.
0: Maybe get it hung in a loop.
2: Yeah, get it in a parrot mode. Yeah. Well, you know, they, they had those parrots they had to separate because uh, they learned to speak like sailors <laughs> and they were teaching each I, other.
3: I had, they had a row of, of those parrots in Walmart one year and I started one going because by the time they parrots back, they shifted the, the frequency, uh, the, so it started out low and then it would go beep, 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 and I got a bunch of pull from each other, you know, a horrible wreck. One of the Walmart employees had to come running to see what was going on in the toy section. Oh, yeah. And they got into an endless loop.
2: Oh, I love doing that with the Furbies, if you remember those when those first came out. Oh,
3: yeah. <laughs> I got yeah, one. But
2: the most fun I ever had is I put one in a box and mailed the box.
3: A friend of mine uh, had a website with all the hacks, to the, and the fur people shut them down, I think. But <laughs> they, uh, they had all kinds of happy. And yeah. a friend of mine had a hundred of them in a chorus. <laughs> <laughs> and you remember those billy bass fish? Yes. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see those? A friend of mine put several of them in the back. And he reprogrammed them to be his backup chorus for when he was singing and performing at a club. He had a, a oh Billy Basketball. bar, <laughs> and he had them all coordinated. And I think he used Arduinos to coordinate them all.
4: Oh, that's too cool. That is awesome.
3: And you uh, were the E button from uh, Staples. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they actually you
2: duplicated
3: the that. It it was easy. Yeah. A friend
5: of mine. Oh, there he goes again.
0: No. Oh, <laughs> I think we lost him. He burnt the internet out. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to get him. This would be a good time for me to make an announcement here. We got about four minutes till sign off, and. Uh, I want to uh, say thanks to everybody out there listening on Shortwave on WBCQ. We, uh, we're glad you're listening to us on Shortwave. And if you want to join our show, we're on uh, every Tuesday night at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on W5KUB.com. Just, uh, if you got a computer there, go to W5KUB.com Tuesday night at 9 p.m. That would be uh, 9 uh, that will be 0100 UTC Wednesday. 0100 UTC Wednesday uh, is our live show. And uh, I know there are some people in England and, and Germany and even um, uh, Iraq and places like that are actually tuned in and watching the show every week. So uh, we're glad to have you. Thanks for joining us uh, on Amateur Radio Roundtable. The last hour you've been listening to After the Show Show... And we just have fun, and we talk about anything and everything. The first hour of the show is about ham radio. So thank you. Hit the subscribe button, and uh, send us an email. What was that?
2: ARRL put an easy button on my second book.
0: Did they An easy button. All right, there you go.
2: you can see it right there.
0: (laughs) All right, very good. Get, Get Glenn's book.
2: Oh, you can't find that one. All right. You have to get the third book or wait for the next one to come out. Or get them both.
0: Well, guys, I'm it's my Friday night. Once the show is <laughs> over, once the show's over, it's like Friday night for me. Tomorrow is Saturday for me.
2: Oh, Bill's got a Furby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love those things. <laughs>
3: Think I I'm think I'm going to... still
4: have mine somewhere. Anyway, my
3: friend, uh, a friend of mine uh, is uh, easy to say. That was a lot than...
0: I can't hardly understand, Bill. He sounds like R2-D2.
2: Yeah, he's chopping up pretty bad.
0: We're going to have to get him better internet.
3: My mm-hmm. dropping off. This is the 20th time it dropped off.
0: Yeah. Well,
3: bad internet.
0: Well, look yeah. on look on the internet. Go to YouTube, and you there are all kinds of little things where people say, "Build this! This is the most powerful antenna you can build." Uh, if, if, I don't know if you've seen those or not, but they're ridiculous. What people do, you know. Oh yeah, uh, it's a little thing. It could never work. It could never work. And he shows you the signal is a hundred times stronger than uh, you know. Uh, than when he started. So get, go out there and build you one of those YouTube, uh, increase your internet signal. In fact, you can even build one and get it free.
2: Well, you know, we could all just take up a fund and get Bill to move.
0: I think we ought to put a dish there up on Bill's Hill and aim it at, at, uh, at McDonald's. Oh, McDonald's can't be more than 20 miles away.
2: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I see
0: you getting
5: ready to shut the show, down. I'm going to have to call the an night here.
0: All right, man. Well, hey, thanks for for joining us tonight. We're glad we had you. Yeah.
5: I'm going to say 73. We'll see what next Tuesday night brings. 73. You see uh, me here? I'm here. If you don't hear from me, I'm not here.
0: Yeah. (laughs) There you go. We'll be here if the creek don't rise. (laughs) Good night, all 73. All right. 73. We'll see you. All right, guys. It's 10 o'clock. Good night to everybody out there. Enjoyed having you all right well that's another show out of the way yep i'm getting hungry i'm get thinking something to about eat. it getting something to eat man I'm
2: trying to lose weight though
0: well hard, yeah
2: too hard to screwed up on my diet in orlando and trying to get back on it i had too much fun down there
0: yeah I tell you, Dayton's coming up soon. Before you know it, oh, we're we're I know it. we're getting March, April, May. I
2: am so glad I'm flying this year. I was, you know, looking at the price of gas, and could you imagine what the gas is <clears throat> going to cost driving this year? My well, airline tickets, going to be cheaper.
0: I'm not going to. I I don't think I want to buy any gas this year. I think I'll just to buy me an electric car. That way, it won't cost me nothing to drive up here. See.
2: Yeah, there
0: you go. I yeah. just dr- drive up there with no gas, drive yeah, back using, home.
2: Using that government logic there.
0: Yeah, yeah you know.
2: You spend $100,000 to save $1,000. What
0: I'll do, what I'll do, I'll get me one of those little solar cells. Like, you you know, you see people lay up in their, on their dash and they plug it right. in a cigarette lighter. I'll keep my car charged up with that, you know
3: yeah that, that that'll don't to work.
0: take about a year for every <laughs> yeah i'll just charge it. i just charge it with that i mean yeah, you know i might could go uh, a couple hundred yards yeah
2: we'll, we'll see you I in dayton mean. in about five years
0: yeah yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> no but yeah i was i was looking at the, the price of gas and stuff and i'm like it normally takes me two and a half tanks to get to get get to dayton and back you know five tanks worth of gas that's that's $500. Probably going to be about $350, $400 bucks more yeah. I think that's what I paid yeah. for my airline ticket. So I, I got lucky this year.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but those airline tickets are going to go up,
3: too.
2: Well, that's why I'm, I'm glad I got mine in the bank, you know. It's,
0: well, but, you know, hey, maybe by then there'll be electric airplanes, and you won't have to worry, Glenn.
2: Well, you they, know, uh, why, don't, why don't they just use the rubber bands and have some guy wind them up really, really tight before we leave?
0: It'd
3: be a Flintstones car.
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
3: I saw a a, um, uh, Facebook post and it showed a picture of this uh, Amish fellow and he says, Meet your new Uber Uber, driver.
2: Uber driver, yeah.
3: (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah.
0: Ain't that the truth?
3: They'll be the only ones that'll be able to take you.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, it's getting crazy. That's why I'm so thankful. I'm only going to work two days a week, and I only have to drive across town. I used to drive three thousand miles a month, and you know, gosh, I can't imagine doing that now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, they're talking. You know, this—it's. I saw it today. It was like three sixty-nine over here. And because it's four
3: four twenty-nine here. It's well, yeah. over six dollars in Los Angeles.
2: Well, see, we've got refineries right here in Memphis, and so I guess that's what's keeping our prices down. But uh, you know, even if it keeps going well, up, but it's you know five, six dollars a gallon—that that I, 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 I heard. I
0: heard. this is from a, a a government source. They're planning. They're planning to water down our gas. It's going to, be, you know, how they were using ethanol. Yeah. They're going to start using water. It's going to be eighty percent, eighty percent gas, twenty percent water.
2: Uh, gas and
0: water don't work well together well uh, that's well i'm just telling you what the government is thinking about doing i i'm not They're saying
3: probably it's to, yeah i'm not saying it's going to work well
0: i i didn't say it's going to work well i said that's just their plan
3: ethanol work ethanol becomes cost effective from corn uh, at about 4 dollars a gallon and above so they'll probably bring in a lot more ethanol yeah. In Brazil, are like 90% ethanol.
0: Well, I, but it takes a lot of fertilizer to grow the corn. And now I hear that we're, the fertilizer is doubled in price, and you might not even uh-huh. get it.
3: Okay. You better, better buy a horse and a buggy, and then you got your fertilizer.
0: Uh, Mark, there, uh, Mark says they're pushing 15% blend of ethanol now.
2: I've got two horses that I could just hook up to a wagon.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah so, I'm set. Get me one of those little red wagons and, a, you know, a couple of harnesses and off we go. Just a couple cans of cat food.
0: All right, guys. Good night. I'm getting out of here.
2: All right. See Good
0: you later. Night, Tom. Good night, everybody. everybody. Thanks to everybody nice joining to us. Right. And thanks for joining us on Zoom and being with us tonight we really appreciate it thank you so much for everybody being with us we couldn't do the show without you thanks for staying for the after the show show you know this probably after the show show probably is more exciting at times than amateur Radio round table i mean we can we really talk the- about some neat stuff here
2: we get some good stuff from time to time yeah all right we will good night
1: everybody three. good night i'm gone bye